Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers, and dreams alike. And welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM. And I am Jared. Hello, Jared. How are you? <laughs> pretty, pretty good. How are you doing, nice. man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Nice. I uh, got to go to GDC, which oh, was you a lot did? of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got to go to the uh, I got to go to the, the the awards. They have two separate awards shows, but they're they're smushed together. Mm-hmm. There's like the indie awards, and then there's the I don't know what the difference is between the awards. So I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, and I got to be there. I got to meet Daniel Mullins, which was oh, super yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, nice. Um, he's he's a darling. <laughs> um, yeah, got to watch him win. I got to watch him sweep those awards. Inscription yeah, yeah. won five of the seven awards it was nominated for. That's awesome. Yeah, and his speeches were great because they were just all thank yous to other people, and he only wrote two because he only expected to win two at most, and so he had to <laughs> just come up with more people to thank the more he went up there. It was really great. That's funny. I yeah. imagine by, like, you know, six or seven, you're just like, you know what, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm going to uh... just sit back down. <laughs> He like he started thanking everyone else. He was like, "Thanks to everyone who has nominated all of your games, you know, influence the medium and make things better." And it was just it was just fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, they, he had so many awards. They ended up uh, giving him the awards, like the cardboard box that the awards are shipped in. <laughs> oh, so that's that, hilarious! So that he could put all his awards in the box and carry them <laughs> around. Uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Got to hang out with some some folks from Sony, and then got to like view a bunch of you know games and stuff like that. Saw some student games. Saw some saw a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Nice. I'm I, I actually for anyone if anyone listening is a developer an indie developer um, who will have their games someday shown at something like this. Um, if your game is going to be part of a booth, there were a couple booths, Jared, that were like, you know, games from, uh, particularly the ones I'm thinking of, games from Quebec and games from Chile, but there were mm-hmm. games from Spain, there were games from, like, there were all these, like, different booths that were, like, and it's great, it's like, a, it's a cooperative thing, you know, that way, like, you know, a bunch of people go in on a little booth, it's probably funded with some government funds and stuff like that, um, and so it gets to show off a bunch of games that otherwise wouldn't get to come to America and get to do that. Because GDC is stupid expensive and it's very expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but however, like I went by a couple of these booths and I saw some games that really intrigued me. I was like, these look great. These are, these are some clean, cool, interesting games. And man, I could not get information on those particular games. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they're just like, here, scan this QR code. And I scan the QR code, and it's just a list of every game that, like, is from that country or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a two- or three-page PDF of all these games just listed. No pictures, no, like, individual slides or anything like that. So, I guess just, and, and I know the individuals don't have a lot of power over any of that, but, like, if your if your game gets shown in a situation like that, just try to make sure that they're gonna make it so that if somebody sees your game and is interested in it, that they can find out who you are and what your game is. Because I literally would like talk to the people in charge of the booth, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know, scan the QR code," and I'm like, Fuck "That sucks." <laughs> it super sucked because I was really excited. Like some of those games were like cool, and I was really interested. So like, I've got the, you know, downloaded the PDF to my phone, so I can scour through that and try to find the game, but I mean basically it's just the more friction you put between anybody and being able to at least just get the basic info, the basic contact info find out the name of the game. I couldn't even find the name of most of the games. Yeah, that's that's no good. Like, the more, because, you, you know, you can do the hunt to try and figure out what it is, but you know the fact that you even have to do that you've already turned people off like so many people yeah. aren't even going to do that yeah and it's you know I, i've got i've got a whole show of games to see i've got I'm, I'm traveling i'm only on my phone like it's not like i've got like my laptop with me so i can like easily like look stuff up on the internet like oh yeah and yeah so so yeah just if you're ever showing your game or having your game shown make sure that the name of your game and how to get a hold of you is clearly presented. 
for simpletons like myself who just want to be able to find it and find it and get in touch with you because yeah yeah this reminds me of this was a few years ago and i think it was at a south by southwest gaming thing Mm -hmm. there were these people showing off a game um and I, I'm going to avoid saying their names, just, you know. <laughs> but I remember, like, looking at it and just kind of talking with the guy because he was a Devolver fan. And I was like, oh, hey. And I looked and they had the sign. And I said, oh, is this the name of the game? He said, oh, no, we don't actually don't have a title yet. And that just hmm. floored me. And I thought, why the hell would you come demo your game without a title? Like, how am I, how is anybody supposed to to know what this is? You know, like, how are you supposed to find this at all? And it just... I found that very, very odd and seemed like a, I don't know, kind of yeah. like a rookie mistake. <laughs> it's like, mm, yeah, like, yeah, obviously your game's going to change a lot, but you should at least, yeah. at least a temporary title so people know what sure. to Google. Yeah. I mean, I feel like rookies, like the basic rookie thing is to have a piece of paper taped to your table with the name of the game written yeah, on yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, they, they had the name of the studio, but that was it. Okay. And I thought... I mean, that's... Man, at least something, but I thought, man, if I were to try and if, I mean, the game wasn't very good, but if I wanted to like follow up on it, I, <laughs> I don't even know how I would, you know, like. <laughs> Nobody anyway. heard from Denaton ever, ever again. <laughs> That's right. A couple guys. Well, I don't know. We're gonna call it Cocaine Cowboys. I guess we're not sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. That also just you know general advisories on this while we're on the subject uh you know claire is always harping on this but like if you are any type of you know influencer or really any professional in the industry uh and you have like your your social medias your twitters your whatever include a professional email address on there include a way to get a hold of you include a way to get a hold of you that is easy to find mm-hmm. like if you've got a web page put your contact information up at the top like if you really, if you want people to reach out to you, like make it easy. Don't make me, don't make people scroll th- to the bottom of your page as images and ads and videos are all trying to load and like the bottom of the page keeps moving around. Like just make it easy. Make it easy. All right. That's our show. The more yep. you know. Yeah. Tips from us. Oops. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, so this week, we're going to talk about beautiful games. Wonderful segue. Thanks. <laughs> I just said, fuck it. As re- no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I fuck this up all the time, so this is really nice. <laughs> no, they're, I mean, they're, they're weird. They're tricky to do. And I was just like, you know, I got nothing. Like, I'd, I th- I'd had some thoughts going into it. But, um, yeah, so I've been playing, and Jared has begun playing Elden Ring. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh... I drank the Kool-Aid, started playing Elden Ring. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? I am, actually. I it's Because I've, I've said this before, but like I was not a huge fan of those games, and Mm-mm. anytime they look good, I just worry that I won't like this one. But I started playing it, but yeah, uh, everybody is right. <laughs> it's really good. I've never, I've never hated so much about a game that I love so much. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. There's so many factors of this game that are so fucking obtuse. Um, and just to paint, like, the narrative, like, the way that, like, quest lines yeah, work th- and characters work is trash. It's just... I th- it, you know, that's a, that's a thing... Th- that's a thing that I did not really like about the Souls games, because they are just kind of like that. It kind of They don't hold your hand, um, like, at all, you know, just for anything. Yeah. And it is kind of annoying, but what I do like about Elden Ring is that at least there's so fucking much to do that <laughs> it can yeah. be obtuse and you don't really understand a quest line, but hey, fuck it, like, <laughs> just go over here and do all this other shit. Yeah, yeah, so, like, if you don't, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, there's, the, I mean, that's kind of the thing about it. there's always other things to do, um, and, like, if you want, but, like... It's so weird because, like, the whole multiplayer thing, there's such an effort for it to be diegetic. Like, there's such an effort for, like, to play multiplayer, your character has to do these things, has to, you know, make a symbol to summon other people, has to write their name on the ground to be able to be summoned. Like, it's all in-game. But, like, if you want to follow a quest line, if you want to, like, do things, you got to be looking at a Wikipedia, like, all the time. Not a Wikipedia, wiki. All the time. Like, if you're not, like, 
characters will like you'll you'll talk to somebody and they'll be like oh maybe i'll see you later and they will fuck off to some remote part of the map that you may have already been to and there's no reason that you would think to go back and then like if you don't go back and talk to them and then you go like kill one of the bosses it's like oh or or even like just talk to a different npc it's like oh this person died or this person like this quest line is no longer valid and or like like you could you can't give this item to this person anymore because you've passed that point in the quest and it's like this is like nes levels of brutal <laughs> like what are you guys <laughs> doing like it's so it, it takes you out of the game like there's no there's no in world way to kind of like check up on npcs and then be like oh yeah like some of them every once in a while someone's like hey i'm heading this way like maybe i'll see you over here and you're like oh cool i i have an idea where that is like you know there's no quest log but that's fine but like it's so weird it's so fucking weird (laughs) it's a it's a a really delicate balance to try and make a game that you know says that that you know kind of says we're not going to hold your hand we're not going to tell you what to do like you figure this out for yourself but also doing that in a way that is fun. Yeah. You know, because that's a, a very, very hard line to balance. And, El, yeah, El, like, Elden Ring is, is really great, but it does struggle with that a little bit. And what's funny, because playing Elden Ring, what Elden Ring honestly really reminds me of is uh, Breath of the Wild. Like oh, my lot. God, so much. And I think Breath of the Wild really nailed that, because, you know, you start that game, it just says, hey, go here. Yeah. And that's it. And you're the whole point of that game is just figuring it out on your yeah. own. But you know, you do have quest logs, and there's like you know objective markers and like things like that. It, it makes it a little more video gamey, which I think makes it a little more digestible um, without losing any of that magic of like self discovery and that you are figuring this out like yourself. Yeah, and but and I, I don't think they need like more like map like waypoints or anything like that like just but like in breath of the wild you've also got like more npcs wandering around that you can talk to and they like drop hints about like things that you might should do and like there's like a general like sense of like i don't know there's it's just it's some of it's just so aggressively a a quest log would be nice you know like i talked to this person because especially too this is such a massive game like you can forget what you were even do, like oh yeah. who the hell was that where the where were they even i don't know but. yeah all that being said we're going to talk about beautiful games because <laughs> elden ring is gorgeous fucking stunning yeah uh we, we specifically like the last i think it was the last time we played like you me and anna played and we left the castle and we're like we're right on that cliff side <laughs> it's just like oh my god this is gorgeous <laughs> yeah and you made this specific comment too where it's like you, you can see all of this really amazing stuff in the background but none of it is set dressing yeah it's all things you can go to it's just yeah wonderfully beautiful yeah i mean and you i mean that's Laerni of the lakes you haven't seen the shifri river you haven't seen uh all kinds of like they, they do some amazing stuff uh in that game and we can't really go into it but like they've like <laughs> skyboxes like you wouldn't believe in that game like like just reinventing the concept of a skybox (laughs) like holy shit and the mood like some places are so gorgeous some places are so fucking disgusting some places are somber like just the mood the vibe of the different environments is incredible um i can't wait for you to see it all you're gonna love it oh yeah sure but jared what are some other beautiful games surely there are other beautiful games that that there, we've played few, and enjoyed guess, in our yeah. lives <laughs> well you know it's funny because i think when when you when you say like beautiful games uh, i think the first kind of thought that most people would think it would be like something like elden ring like this big vast open world mm-hmm. that's just gorgeous and beautiful and there's a couple of those um you know, Red I mean, Dead you Two being one, oh. Breath of the Wild, yeah. yeah, just stuff that's like really like, and I think Red Dead Two is a cool example of like doing the same thing, but like the opposite of Elden Ring, where it's not fantasy, it's very much grounded in reality, yeah. um, but has a similar level of beauty, you know, being like, like I remember playing that game and the first time I like caught a thunderstorm off in the oh distance. Oh my god, that's what I was gonna say. How cool that is. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, I feel like those have all been kind of, like, 
talked to to death and are also just very mm. obvious. So I, I mean, there's plenty you could mention, but um, sure. I was thinking more of like games that are really beautiful in sort of different ways or have different sort of art styles or things like that. Yeah. Um, and one that I always thought of, and it's funny because it seems so weird, um, yet so obvious to just take a concept of like film noir and Dio de los Muertos <laughs> and put them together. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Grim Fandango. <laughs> yeah, baby. Which yeah. is just such a cool game for how unique it is. Like, it literally just takes two existing art forms and mashes them together, and it's something completely fresh and unique. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really cool. I love the art in that game. Oh, yeah. It's such a delight. Mm-hmm. I've never finished it. I feel bad. I need to go back and finish it. Yeah, I I have not played it in a very, very long time, but it it and it's just I don't know. It's <laughs> it's got charm, it's got wit, mm-hmm. it's got humor. Mm-hmm. And it's it is funny though. Like that's um I think to you know anybody who is listening who's like a creative type or maybe struggles with like wanting to create things, like originality is not a real thing. <laughs> you know, like that, you, no one can create anything original. That doesn't exist. And I, yeah. I think it's just funny because Dio de los Huertos is like a, is a holiday. It's been around forever. And Grim yeah. Fandango basically just is that entire concept. But I don't know, like its own personal spin on it and putting it in sure. like its own story. And it looks wonderful. And I'm really surprised that there's not more like that i think there was like a pixar movie that came out a couple years ago that's deal with some those themed but other than that like oh yeah 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 um, yeah it's just funny like really cool art style that i don't know isn't really tapped into that much and it's perfect for a story about the afterlife <laughs> it is it really is yeah nice and it's my birthday <laughs> man the calavera uh-huh. oh deal with some those is your birthday yeah nice i didn't know that yeah, yeah. i think i'm pretty sure can't remember when my birthday is but that sounds right uh yeah that's it yeah that's such a great game such a beautiful game um nice nice well uh i have you know i've got you know elden ring and of course there's the um like you said there's like the big open world ones like breath of the wild of course yeah comes up all the time and it is gorgeous i mean i fucking love breath of the wild my the only way i ever got around in breath of the wild was to climb things and jump off and glide where I wanted to go. Like that was just <laughs> it's just the yeah. best way to get around. I was like, yes, so cool. this is all I want in life. Um uh but I thought I I I well, and just, man, just the open world Zeldas, I guess in general though, cuz you know, I want to say Wind Waker. That's what I've got written down here cuz yeah, Wind Waker that's is another one. <laughs> gorgeous. And that like open sense of like adventure, like you're on the sea and like I feel like the map thing i can't remember it's been forever since i played wind waker but like the map thing was like kind of like you had to like do a little bit of like figuring out to figure out where you were and where you were going and stuff like that um but yeah wind waker and but i mean but also i mean just all the open world zeldas and i know that like they're not as open world as like the new ones but majora's mask and ocarina of time like i remember the first time in ocarina Classics. of time as a kid like i finally leave kokoriki village and I go into the open area, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? This is huge. This is massive. I mean, just those, you know, those Nintendo 64 open world experiences were were just terrific. But yeah, Wind Waker, um, with its cell shading and that sort of thing, you know, it's just worth mentioning as being beautiful. I don't have anything super in-depth on that one to talk about, but I guess we're just getting that, get, I'm just getting that knocked out real quick. You know, um, so I, I wrote down like a, a shitload of games because I didn't know which ones I wanted to talk more about. But right, things yeah. mentioned. But one that I, you saying like the open world N64, one that I, one that I really think of is really, really cool in arts, like in, when it comes to like the arts, uh, the art of it, uh, is Mario 64. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just like, and yeah. specifically because of the different worlds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, like, well, what is a video game? Just, like, a fantasy of, like, transporting us to a different world. And in Mario 64, you know, you jump into these paintings, and then you're in a completely unique world, and they don't... None of them are, like, look the same. They all have unique mm-hmm. layouts and unique looks. And mm-hmm. just that concept of being able to look at a painting and then become part of it, they nailed that. Yeah. 
really cool. Very cool. I agree. I'm going to do an indie one. Do it. Manifold Garden. I played this? am unfamiliar with this game. Manifold Garden is a first-person puzzle game. There's no real text. There's, um, It's just this incredibly beautiful game. I, I wish I could remember the name of the guy who made it. I uh, met him once. Really nice guy. Cool guy. Um, but yeah, Manifold Garden is like a first-person puzzle game, and the puzzles don't get... They never get as difficult as like the really hard Talos Principle puzzles, which mm -hmm. is nice. Because Manifold Garden is a real mindfuck. Um, you can change gravity around, like, with certain effects. Like, so grabbing certain things, doing things will, like, shift which way gravity is going. Um, and you can get into these areas where, like, you're on platforms, you're trying to get from one place to another. And if you fall, like, you're in an infinite space, but you're in an infinite repeating space. It's very Escher. Um, without trying to be stylistically like Escher. Oh, okay. Like the visual style is its own thing. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's it, but it, it does almost look like hand-drawn. It's all like kind of like, not all, but it's, it's largely like kind of um, black and off-white. And you, you're kind of restoring color to the world. Um, like that's, you know, what you're doing. And it's, but it's just... It's it's a real mind fuck. It's really cool. Like you know, there's like you'll they're doing your puzzles. You're like, oh, there's something on the ceiling I've got to get to, and you've got to like figure out your way around these rooms. And then you like get out of the room, and suddenly you're in this vast, infinite repeating space. <laughs> and it's like, uh, what? And you know, sometimes the solution is to you know navigate carefully. Sometimes the solution is to fall, and try to like catch the repeat. And like, you know, land in a different spot. Um, really cool, really, really, really amazing game. Really interesting experience of, of you know, virtual space. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check this out. I'm, yeah, I'm it's unfamiliar really with it. And it's not too long. Like, and like I said, the puzzles, the puzzles are challenging without being like. Like there was a sense I was playing it, and I was like, man, if these puzzles get too fucking complicated with all like the things I'm having to do like I might not be able to get through this game mm -hmm. just because like just because there's so many like factors to the way you can move the map around and it doesn't like they never get like like there's never like a thing where you've got to go like three stages deep of like shifting around to like get one thing one other place like you know what I mean like where puzzles yeah. can get too long and convoluted to be fun uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't do that. Like each step is reasonably, you know, close at hand. Like you may have to do like if you a couple things, but it's never too, it's never too bad. And yeah, it's it's a it's a brief thing and really a nice joyful experience. I think it's on all the consoles and PC. I've got it on Switch. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny that what you were just talking about. Um, did you ever play The Witness? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> talk about <laughs> convoluted. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was funny because I guess when, when it comes to like artistic games, that one is actually very, very gorgeous. And I think it's mm -hmm. really cool um, looking and really cool in concept. But I don't particularly like that game. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that it's a very good game. Um, but it is really pretty and does have some cool ideas going on. But it just... it, it the puzzles are very simple, but then it kind of, I don't know, it gets to the point where it's just needlessly complicated. Mm. Like, I, I just, I don't know, frustrating and not fun. But still pretty. Nice. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd heard that a lot of the puzzles are kind of out there on that one. Yeah, and it's not even like a... I don't know, like a good puzzle game, it gives you the tools to solve the puzzle and then, you know you kind of maybe have to think outside the box or use those tools. Um, but it all feels, like, fair. Like, you yeah. have to come to this conclusion. A lot of the puzzles in The Witness are just... Like, they, there's no indication on what you should do or what you have to do or any kind of hint at that. You kind of have to, like... Almost, like, accidentally figure out what you're doing. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, and and some are clever, and some are just like you're like I have no idea what the hell you're <laughs> trying to go for here, man. Like, <laughs> um, they don't even tell you the objective of the puzzle. So yeah, well, you so might be the, working wrong for a long time. It, like in the witness, everything it's all lines. Like you you go up to grids, and you you can just draw lines, and you uh-huh. at the very start it's just get from point A to point B on like this like grid maze like thing. Uh-huh. And that's all you do. But, you know, you'll come up to one and it'll have like suddenly there'll be all these different colored dots and you like, well what what do these mean? <laughs> How yeah. do I win this puzzle? Like there's no I don't know, no indication in I don't know. But anyway, but it, it is pretty. <laughs> um <laughs> and has like a a sense it's it's pretty kind of weird. Juice. Pretty obtuse, pretty looking. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. I mean, if you can get it for cheap on sale, it's worth maybe like a couple hours just walking around. But don't yeah. beat your head against the wall playing that game. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, an indie game that I do like that is very beautiful. As a matter of fact, it's a pair of indie games because I feel like you can't ever talk about one without talking about the other. Talking about Limbo. And I'm talking about oh, Inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good choice. Like, I, I kept going back and forth which one I wanted to mention. But, yeah. like, you know what? Fuck it. It's both. Because I, I think I like Inside as a game more and overall. Mm-hmm. But just the, the stark black and white um, of Limbo. Almost like it... it and it's got this like childlike creepiness, kind of like a Tim Burton kind mm-hmm. of style. But then you know you get killed by a spider, and you see the kid like get fucking killed, and you're like, oh Jesus. God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, both those games. Um, and also a thing that I you, you see, it's funny. I'm noticing it in a lot of different kind of things that I've thought about and games I see that are really artsy, but no dialogue. And telling yeah. a story purely visual, like you're really yeah. leaning into those visuals, but when it works, man, it works. It does. Manifold Garden's the same way, also. Yeah. Just no words. Yeah, So, and that's that's cool, because it's so hard. It's much harder to tell a story that way, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you don't have to write a script. No, that that's way more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you communicate to people, like, what they're supposed to do? Yeah. Well, and that's what's cool about art in general, right? Like what are you what are we looking at we're looking at pictures images you know yeah. bright colors sounds and we're just trying to evoke an emotion and that's awesome if you do it you know yeah oh man inside so i've never i have limbo but i haven't played it yet cuz I've, I've only played inside but fucking inside holy shit yeah oh god i love i i remember that game is so cool just cuz the way it starts like you're you're being chased by a group of people and you've like no idea what's going dogs. on. You've got to have to figure Yeah, the dogs right at the start. I forgot. Fucking dogs. And the ending. Oh my God. Incredible. I, yeah, my it's, mouth it's... was agape the whole time. I, yeah, I, I, I was, I was, yep. Was <laughs> so like, I'm like, what, what the fuck what? is going on? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my former partner. We were talking about it came up somehow, and I was like, "We're probably not going to play through this, but here, let's just watch a video of the end of the game, and you just need to see what." I think it was. I think because Limbo was on sale, and I was like, "Oh, inside, da da da," and she's like, "What?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, we don't have time to like, go through <laughs> it, but here, let's just watch this." And the response was also, "What the fuck? What?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're still playing. This is not a cinematic. This is yeah." This is this is still you. Yeah, it's it, it's such a it's so wild because that game you're never really, it, you know you're basically just the whole game you're going left to right just solving puzzles. But yeah, basic video game. Yeah, um, but you're never really told like why like like straight up at the beginning of the game you're just being you're this little boy and you're just being chased. Yeah, and you're never really told why and you don't ever really know where you're going specifically. Yeah, and then when it happens, it's like. I don't even know what is going on I don't on think anymore. that explains why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I suddenly have more questions. <laughs> yep. I have a, so many more questions now. I've, I've, um, somebody wanted me to, really wanted me to play through Little Nightmares. And it was right after I'd played through Inside. Because they came out at about the same time. They did, yeah. 
And they were very sad because I, after having played Inside, Little Nightmares was not that cool to me. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, I agree. I think Little Nightmares looks really cool and has some really cool creature design, but it yeah. is just, like, not as good Inside. Yeah, the, the the some of the platforming is frustrating because they went for that kind of 3D thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of moments where you can kind of fuck up a jump because you can't really tell. Like, the, the visual language is a little confusing. But also, like, in Little Nightmares, when you die, you it just, like, goes black or whatever. Like, mm. the monster comes over and it, like, gets you. And then, like, it just, like, grabs you and, like, the screen goes black or something like that. And that's, you know, oh, no. Like, I mean, if you're, like, actually, like, a little kid or something like that, that's probably plenty scary enough. But, man, inside, like, anytime you die, it's horrible. It lingers like, on it. Like, you viscerally, like, you watch this kid, like, not want to die and get, like, ripped apart by dogs. I mean, it's all silhouette, so it's not, like, super graphic, but it's it's graphic enough to, like, it's 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 it's, it's enough to make you not want to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's enough to... Yeah, like, you have an emotional response to it, and I think that's really cool. There's... there's, uh, uh, I mean, I, you know, I'll continue talking about this game until the sequel ruins it for me, but, like, Hellblade has a lot of the same thing, <laughs> where, like, when you die, like, you, you're focused on the character and how much it sucks for her, and there's one scene in the game where, like, you can't even tell what's killing her. She's just, like, the whispers... Mm-hmm. like fucking get her the darkness gets her and like those were the worst ones for me those were fucking horrible for me like she's not even like nothing's like getting her she's just like having this terrible death and um that's so good yeah Ugh. there was a i remember one moment in little nightmares that i thought was really cool that i wish the more of the game was like that but whenever you kind of get to the surface of the boat and there's just those, I, I guess they're supposed to be the, the humans of the world, but I don't know. But like all these like very morbidly obese people and there's mm-hmm. just, they're just, there's like a feast on the table and they're yeah. like shoveling all the food into their mouth. Like, mm-hmm. and you like start running on the table and they just start leaping for you. And if mm-hmm. they grab you, then they just, they eat you and then just keep shoveling food down your throat or down their throat. Ugh. Like, oh God, this is gross and yeah horrifying and i wish more of the game was like that (laughs) yeah that part was really yeah that part was really good yeah 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 well while we're talking about like weird ugly things uh as beautiful um the dream machine oh yeah that's a good choice Thanks. Uh, the Dream Machine is a uh, is a six part point and click adventure, and uh, it's entirely made from cardboard and clay. It's a claymation video game. Um, the environments are beautiful. The writing is really fucking good. Um, like, like wow. There are so many moments in that game that just blew me away. Uh, some in their elegance, some in their normalcy. Like there's like a conversation in the first episode where the, the protagonist and his wife are just having a conversation about their dreams. And it's just a really like normal, like the way that they talk to each other is very normal. They're yeah. very just people. And I love that. And, and you know, as the, as the name implies, there is a dream machine and you start to like get to explore people's dreams and the writing on these different people's dreams is just really really incredible really amazing like you get i mean one of the moments that really stood out to me was the uh, there's a conversation with the abyss you know with like <laughs> the fucking abyss and it's you know all these things are dreams so they're psychological concepts so they are but but that's like you know that's like an archetypal part of all of us is like you know whatever whatever the abyss is um and the writing on that part i thought was just fucking great like there's just so many such incredible writing and again beautiful visual style um and the the places they go with claymation and 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 uh, or with clay and cardboard is just amazing um 
I love that game so much. It's, I, uh, I never finished it. I, I was playing it, like, because it was episodic, you know, yeah. as you said. And I, I think it was, there were four episodes out or something like that at the time I started okay. playing it. Yeah. And I, I think I got to around there, and I just, by the time the other two came out, it had been so long. And with a kind of point-and-click puzzle game, I, <laughs> I yeah. felt like I should do this from the beginning. And I just have not set aside the time to go back and actually finish it. But it is really cool, just the... And, like, the fact that, you know, like you said, cardboard and clay, like, you're playing the game and you're, like, looking at a room and you can, only, like, you feel like you could stick your finger and wipe it across the screen and just <laughs> feel it. Like, the game does texture really well because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. I wonder if they're working on more stuff these days because it's been a while. But, yeah, there was that long gap. I think there was a long gap before the last few episodes. And that's that happened to me. This is another game that I didn't have on my list, but it's beautiful in a strange way. Not really visually stunning, but Kentucky Route Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played, like, the first four episodes of Kentucky Route Zero, and then there was a long delay before the fifth one, and I absolutely was not going to go fucking back and play through <laughs> Kentucky Route Zero again. I was like, no, no, this is gorgeous, and it's incredible. I mean, actually, you know what? You know, it wasn't on my list, but just it is a similar – well, it's not similar at all, but – there are like Kentucky Route Zero does a really cool thing. Um, actually, I guess kind of almost kind of reminds me of Elden Ring a little bit, but like where you've got these Kentucky Route Zero makes a point of these long, slow periods of almost nothing. Yeah, like you're playing, you're interacting, you're not really sure what you're doing a lot of the time, um, and then you get to these moments of incredible beauty and real personal connection um you know like you go to a nightclub or like some little dive bar and somebody gets up on stage to sing and it's so beautiful like the roof lifts off and you're floating among the stars and wow. like just such incredible cool moments nestled in that nothingness and that's that's definitely like part of the experience it could like you could make a game that's like oh everything's you know beautiful all the time which is great i mean there are games like that um and that's cool but that's not this you know it really is about like the vast emptiness um and kind of the the dissolution of the american west and like this weird i don't know it's it's so good <laughs> nice yeah one clicks baby yeah man they i i'm noticing the theme on our <laughs> i'm surprised i did uh, yeah. not expect us to do so many points so but they're just i i think i don't you know maybe it's it's a thing with it right whenever the game not that there's not a whole lot going on in a point and click game but you you rely so much on the visuals because there's not a, a lot of like 3d movement a lot of the times and you're yeah. spending a lot of times looking at objects and so i don't know I, i'm yeah. thinking about that too like, uh, oh, shit, I had it, and I just forgot it. Fuck. <laughs> it was a point-and-click game that I was... Oh, it's our <laughs> game. God damn it. I was going to say, Red Strings? Dropsy. Watching. <laughs> Dropsy? Oh, I, for I forgot Dropsy. Uh, I'm so sorry, Dropsy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, another one of, like, just... You know, when you kind of initially look at Dropsy, it just seems kind of like a cartoony animation and mm -hmm. nothing really, really that stand out, aside from... The, well, aside from Dropsy himself. Aside from Dropsy, yeah. But, you know, like, the, when you play that and realizing that, you know, oh, yeah, there's no words, and mm -hmm. but it, but it's very emotive, and it's very clear what's going on and what people want mm -hmm. and need. It's, it's like, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm going to... The designs <laughs> in that, too, are really good. They are, yeah. It's it's very subtle. Um, fuck, I need to go play Dropsy again. Yeah. It's been so long. Somebody at GDC kept making jokes about, uh, like, oh, Devolver games, because they all got guns. You know, all your games have guns in them. You guys just love gun games. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. I was like, you are incorrect. Uh, Greece, for God's sake, which, of course, I'm sure is on both of our that lists. That is on my list, yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like, just yeah. <laughs> hands fucking down. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most beautiful games, you know, to come out of the indie scene. Uh, but, you know, and Dropsy was one I brought up. I'm like, you want to talk about, like, non-violent like lovable like game yeah yeah for sure 
Uh, Sorry, well, you, you, were you, you want to talk about Greece then, <laughs> since it's on I both mean, our lists? <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's. I mean, there's. I mean, what do you say about it? I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, yeah. What do you say that hasn't been said a hundred times? That's it's, true. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, and it's like beautiful. N- not even it being a devolver game, like just it, a game in general. Yeah. I think it's one of the best in terms of you know games as art. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I guess I'll I'll completely switch gears and go to a whole different like era and style of game, but one that always really stuck with me for its like its vastness and its sense of scale and its kind of way it handles kind of isolation and I don't know, uh <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. Oh nice. <laughs> just beautiful on a purely visual standpoint you know riding your horse through these this big like gorgeous landscape and then the colossi being you know Mm -hmm. giant and very well designed and really unique but then you know of course the narrative of that game which I, i think most people know by now but like realizing that they are not hostile to you until you're hostile to them and that you are maybe you're playing as the bad guy this whole time <laughs> yeah like really i don't know really cool just yeah and i remember as a kid initially being really annoyed at the long rides you had to take between the colossi because every time you kill one you start back at that temple and you have to ride out and i thought like man yeah. this is so annoying like <laughs> i just want to go but i come to appreciate it later realizing that yeah it's gonna make you like sit with your choices and just kind of like the more you ride through you realize how desolate this land really is and kind of what you're doing to it yeah oof yeah <laughs> and for when it came out too it was yeah. uh, I mean it was it was it was a game changer yeah I mean like PS2 game that like it's I mean it's been ported to the PS3 and to the PS4, like, obviously still relevant and still feels yeah. great to play. Like, Had there been games of, like, only boss battles before that? Not that I know of. I mean, that certainly was, like, the biggest... Yeah, like, yeah. You know, presentation of that concept. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there was anything like that before. I also, yeah. I never played Ico, their first game. So oh, I, no, I, I don't know how that compares. I know it's not boss battles, but I don't know how it compares. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good one, Jared. That's a, yeah, it's a beautiful game. And there's that sense of scale. And I think that's one of the cool things that video games can do. And when they do it well, again, Elden Ring's fucking knocking it out of park with that, um, is make you feel either big or small yeah. in ways that you don't feel in normal life or don't usually get to feel. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to jump right in here with a game that was not on my list, but I have to say that has beautiful art style because you just said sense of scale and whether you're big yeah. or small, and it ties in so perfectly to that. And of course, it's <laughs> Katamari Damacy because <laughs> uh... you start tiny, you know, with your little ball, and you're rolling around like you know a field, and you like see like ants, and they're big, but then eventually you get to the point you're just destroying buildings and. <laughs> it's just so cool and cute and like very Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that sense of scale is done really well there, and it definitely makes you feel like as you start picking up objects, you're like, I am a, um, like what? What's the uh shit? What's the word uh for like a giant monster? Like a Godzilla. oh kaiju, kaiju. Yes, thank you. I kept thinking kanji. I'm like, no, it's not kanji. Um. Anyway, yeah, Katamari. Nice. Um, is it me? I've got one uh, that's a game that I don't uh, I don't necessarily recommend. Um, and I can't tell if you're with me because I can't tell if the internet's cutting out again. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting um, with anticipation. Uh, it's Graveyard Keeper. I have not heard of this game. It's um, it's an indie game by a team called Lazy Bear, and it is it's kind of like a um, like a Stardew Valley st- style thing. 
um, where you're this guy who, uh, like, the the plot is that you've died. Like, they don't show it, but you've died, and you mm-hmm. wake up in this other world, and you are the uh, mortician in this, like, medieval era style thing. Like, you died in a car wreck, and you're like, I've got to get back to my wife. And so, which is a little bit of a weird plot to, to start you in on, like, a Stardew Valley thing, because you're, like... Your character's going to be there for, like, years and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, like, it's got all, like, the crafting and stuff like that. I don't like I don't like the way that, like, the plot kind of is. Like, a lot of it feels almost antagonistic to the player, which is a little weird. Mm. Um, like, like, you know, you need to get, like, you're trying to get to town or something like that. And you, like, go through all of this effort to, like get enough money to like do you do all these quests and stuff to get a pass to go to the town and then you're walking to the town and you get hit by lightning mm-hmm. and you die and you wake <laughs> up back at your place and it's like oh i guess you can't go to town yet huh it's weird and i'm like oh there's just so many things where you like you work really hard to complete an objective that the game has given you mm-hmm. and like the, the the reward is is almost always like a middle finger oh yeah <laughs> uh, which is just like and I, I don't know if that's like a stylistic like thing to be kind of edgy and cool but like as a player I'm like oh let's fuck you yeah um, that's a bummer but yeah it is a bummer uh, however like the thing about this game is like the the visual style does something for me um, that I just can't get over and I played it way longer than I would have um, just because I like the way that it looked yeah. so much. I like the way the character moved. I like the way the camera moved. And it's just like a top-down, you Stardew Valley kind of thing. Yeah. But the art style is very um, how my brain remembers first seeing a lot of Super Nintendo games. Oh, okay. Um, like, everything... I remember when Super Nintendo came out, everything felt like it had this roundness to it. Super Mario World, everything was like these nice curves like the 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 Zelda game that came out then everything was nice smooth curves and the Jurassic Park game the top-down Jurassic Park game that came out with this uh the Super Nintendo like like something about like the the roundness and the softness and the way the shadows work and the lighting in that game is just really really cool um like it's just it's visually like it's visually like deeply satisfying to me like Mm -hmm. I can't get over it um, and you know, just games that are beautiful. I just felt like I should bring up this game that, like, just just really like, like it's beautiful. Like it really, really is. Nice. Even though it's a dick. <laughs> Even though it's a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny that there because we've actually mentioned a couple already, and there's a few more that I'm thinking of now. But like games that I don't necessarily enjoy, but I would say are very beautiful, and I think that they stick with you. You know, yeah. Still, um, obviously, I think if you have a, a really great game that doesn't look that good, you you know you'll be playing it a lot more. But it it, it says <laughs> a lot about the uh, you know how important you know kind of style and everything like that is uh, yeah. to to anything really. Um, yeah. One that uh, the one that came to my mind when you were saying that is a game that I didn't really enjoy and I wouldn't really recommend, but I do think is really beautiful is a firewatch oh yeah because i remember starting that game and i'd say like the first like hour or so i thought it was really cool Um, holy shit just really pretty and like being isolated you know and you're Mm -hmm. only communicating with a person via like a walkie-talkie and just Mm -hmm. kind of walking around the forest and you know you climb the tower and you overlook the entire the entire forest Mm -hmm. really beautiful and like kind of does that thing that is kind of cool with nature that you see in stuff where it's very serene and peaceful but also kind of Mm -hmm. creepy and lonely at the same time um i don't know really cool like game in that regard uh yeah they just really shit the bed with the story but uh, (laughs) (laughs) they so i was i played that game and i loved it and like so you like you know in the game you only communicate with this other park ranger via walkie talkie and you have these conversations and at some point you find out that like somebody's been listening in on you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I was I was almost at the very end. There's like a part where I was like I cuz I was playing it on day 1 and I was climbing up this rock face and the game crashed hard on me. Like I couldn't get like I kept doing it and then like it kept crashing. And at mm-hmm. that point 
in the story, I was like, holy shit, this is a commentary on how we all live. Because these characters, it takes place in like the 80s or whatever, and these characters are communicating via walkie-talkie, and someone's been intercepting their signals. And for them to be communicating by walkie-talkie is a weird thing, because most people communicate like fairly directly. I mean, there's telephones and stuff, but walkie-talkie is less secure. And I was like, holy shit, this is about how we all live our lives. Like, we are all communicating via, you know, text messages and Facebook messages and these public uh very like interceptable things like holy shit this is like like almost like some black mirror stuff yeah like wow what the fuck and then you get to the actual ending and you're like oh well this is trash yeah <laughs> this, is, this is some dumb shit where the fuck did this come from what this doesn't even make sense what the fuck oh boo boo damn it i was really into this so i'm really glad my game crashed when it did because it <laughs> gave me like a whole like day or two to be like holy shit to appreciate what you thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's always it's 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 wild when somebody touches on a concept like that and you and like don't make I guess they just don't even realize that and then it like felt the need to like have this real cliched dumb ending. <laughs> yeah, it felt like they were trying to force a mystery into that game. Cuz I was really into it for the um like the purely the emotional aspect you know and like the yeah. the concept of you know because for those who aren't familiar in the game you play as this like middle-aged man and your wife is very sick and you're like trying to take care of her with and, dementia yeah and you you take a job and this is what's really like sad but also i don't know realistic that he takes this job as a fire watch you know person because while he does love his wife he's you know like taking care of somebody like that can get tiring and he like wants to get away from her and yeah. it, you know, like it, it's never like directly referenced that you're like, you know, being kind of flirtatious or romantic with the uh, the person on the opposite end of the walkie-talkie. But it's not hard to kind of see that there's connection forming there. And yeah, man, if if the whole game had just been that, I would have been happy. But <laughs> yeah, that would have been enough. That would have been enough. Um, because yeah, like the end, like that, the opening, like text i remember like floored me because it's like it talks about like these two people meeting and being in love yeah and then she starts getting dementia and he like and like it hurts them both and like she ends up being in some care program so he like just takes this job into firewatch just to like, get some space and like holy shit yeah really, <laughs> like holy shit really good um yeah oh yeah so good um yeah, my my next one is uh, is some game is a game that I think is pretty familiar for, with everybody. Um, games, it's two of them. It's like the Hotline Miami's. Ooh. Uh, which you know, I mean, I, I I don't know if beautiful is necessarily the word, except that they are. Um, evocative, like it's an evocative art style, like what the Visceral. games do. It's visceral for sure um but it, you know you brought up earlier like that art is makes you feel a certain way mm -hmm. oh yeah and the hotline miami games make me feel disgust <laughs> <laughs> and and unease like i you know i've said it many times i've said it many times you know when i first played uh you know the demo or when i was first given a copy of hotline miami to play you know for my first evolver show like i was like it made me deeply uncomfortable and I was happy to find out later that that's the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, just that. Like, the background, the way, like, the map kind of, like, like kind of wiggles just a little bit. The way the background is flashing these colors in this, just this wild, these wild patterns that just create this sense of being insane <laughs> i um i somebody said this i saw a video where somebody said this so this is not my original observation but it is really cool that in hotline miami right like you know obviously great soundtrack and full of energy super fast pace you know and you're you're going through those levels and you're just causing all this violence and it's super kinetic but what's really cool is that when it is done you know, you get mm -hmm. the level complete and the music just fucking stops and it makes you walk back to the car. 
like, in, like in the, the the cool energetic music is not going on anymore it's very calm and you have to walk through all yeah. of the dead bodies and carnage that you just caused and then get in the car and drive off and i didn't really yeah. notice that like first couple times playing it but when i heard somebody point that out i thought you know what that's totally true and really kind of cool fits the themes yeah Ugh, yeah I hadn't thought about that either, but that is, that's, I mean, yeah, it's great. It's very much <laughs> yeah. about just how fucking, yeah. Ooh. Nice. You got any more? Uh, man, uh, like plenty I could just mention briefly, but <laughs> well, one that I think I, you know, we don't need to talk about it cause it's obviously, it's kind of speaks for itself, but you can't talk about beautiful art styles and games and not mention Cuphead. Oh yeah. Cuphead. Like, you know obviously emulating a old disney style but doing it to like absolute perfection yeah um, i mean i'd say pre-disney even yeah like the early stages of animation for yeah sure. um and all hand-drawn like really cool um but of yeah. course you know i think that game you look at it and it speaks for itself you don't need to <laughs> yeah. justify it um i don't know you know one other game that i always thought was cool artistically and and not for in a way that it made you really feel anything but i'm talking pure style um mm -hmm. it was a game for the wii called mad world hmm, i don't know and mad world was fucking awesome it's the game is is sort of emulates a uh, like a comic book style so it's all black and uh -huh. white nice um and cell shaded like there's no gray tones it's all just black or white mm -hmm. um and then there's red so the blood shows up uh and it's this hyper stylized like death game scenario where you're put into a situation and you got to kill all these people to get points you know your guy has a chainsaw that he can just retract in his arm and stuff pure chaos um <laughs> and lots of fun but just really cool um visuals and i remember like when i first saw it that's obviously what stuck out to me was yeah. this hyper kinetic black and white super violent game on the wii like <laughs> what the hell and nice um yeah, really cool, and not not one you know that makes you feel anything <laughs> deep, but just purely yeah. visuals. Like if you know, like a, I don't know, really cool and a really underrated game. It did not sell very well, and that is hmm. really sad. And I want it to come to the Switch <laughs> so bad. Hmm. That also makes me think of Persona Five for some reason. Oh man, that's There's a, a lot of style on that. Not a yeah, another game with well, and Persona Five has a lot of style for sure, but I think just. The, the Shin Megami Tensei games, like, they're... The, the designs of the demons are fucking amazing. <laughs> like, just... Because a lot of them are kind of consistent throughout all of those games, you know? But just... Yeah. They're really cool. Like, some are really just sleek designs, and some are just really scary. And then some are weird. Like, the demon that's on a toilet taking a shit is, like, one of the... What the fuck? Yeah, like, one of the... De he's literally, like, on a toilet, and he's got, like, his head on his chin, and he's, like, clearly disinterested, and, like, that's one of the demons that you find. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Oh, man. All right. Um, but, yeah, really I'm cool. holy shit, sorry. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> Oh man, I I think there were, I don't even remember the name of the demon, but there's one like it's in Shin Megami Tensei, but I, it's in Persona Five, which is where I first saw it. But it's literally just like a giant penis that is like in a chariot almost, and it has teeth. And I saw that, and I had to stop playing the game. I'm like, what? What the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, but that's incredible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> them now that's beautiful game. That's true art right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess there's a few more I could talk. Uh, we briefly talked about Firewatch to say, um, yeah. what was the one? Uh, Edith Finch. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Which I think Edith we've Finch. talked about, but, you know. We have. But really, yeah. really beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I think I'll, I'm, I've exacerbated my list. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I've got, like, you know, there's, I mean, um, yeah, I've got a few more that I'm just like, oh, these are beautiful, but that's our time. Uh, you know what else is beautiful, Jared? Following Devolver Digital on Twitter. Really? Oh, hey. Yeah, no, I <laughs> hadn't even been thinking about that. I was thinking about um, Into the Breach. But, yeah, that's a good point, Jared. God, yeah, following Devolver bitch. Digital on Twitter. <laughs> are there any other places we could follow Devolver Digital, Jared? 
uh let me see uh we got the we got instagram i think we got uh -huh. we got discord.gg slash devolver digital uh we're on tiktok now so i am uh -huh. painfully reminded every single week um <laughs> uh is, is that it i don't know i mean we have twitch as well oh yeah that's twitch, it twitch.tv that's, i think that's all of them i think that's all of them digital. yeah cool our periscope account got cut Oh, man, our, per our, our Periscope account <laughs> got taken down. Our OnlyFans got taken down. Our... <laughs> uh, wow. Well, sweet. Anyway. Thanks for sharing beautiful games with me, Jared. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for great listening, fun. everybody. We're going to go play Elden Ring. Going to go play Elden Ring. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>